Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Uh, unlike other sports ball podcasts, we aim to talk about sports without assuming you out there in listener land know everything there is to know about the infield fly rule or the Statue of Liberty play. I'm Rachel, I'm your baseball guru, currently in the offseason, and this is... I'm Nancy, and I've decided I'm dispensing with the title guru. I am your basketball enthusiast. I like it. I like oh, it. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I feel good about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am Rebecca. I'm your hockey person. I'm just, just going to go with person. Uh, and I'm your stand-in football person, but I'm certainly not the guru of football. I am 100% a stand-in, making it up as I go along and getting outside input. You yes. know what? I believe many commentators and many podcast hosts have been, in fact, making it up as they go along for a very long time. What? So I don't think we need to treat that as any sort of like... Mm, declaration of anything other than than fact. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Okay. That's how I live most of my life. Right? <laughs> See? This can't is go it. wrong. Okay. Well, uh, we're going to start off with my unwritten rule of baseball of the week. Hooray. Okay. So this week we're going to talk about uh, don't celebrate a home run or a strikeout. Mm. So as far as I can tell, only certain sports need to formally prohibit celebrating. Uh, professional football is the most notorious. In 2017, the NFL finally relaxed some of its strictest bans in an effort to get people to stop calling them the No Fun League. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, friends. Twerking is finally legal. Oh, what a relief. <laughs> Purists, of course, went on Forbes.com to complain about how millennials were ruin ruining the purity of the sport and demanded that players go back to somberly beating the crap out of each other without appearing to enjoy it. Here, here. That's actually a quagmire that I'm not qualified to wade into. To wade into. We will have to get uh, our football correspondent, Brittany, back on the podcast to discuss it. Um, professional baseball rules aren't quite so draconian, but only because they don't need to be. Baseball self-enforces its no-celebration policy by way of what criminologists would call reintegrative <laughs> shaming. <laughs> the offender must realize the error of his ways and make amends in a way that cements the bond between him and his society. Usually that means apologizing to the other team after the game in their dugout and hoping nobody throws a cleat. So <laughs> I'm going to interrupt you and ask a question. Okay. Is this term reintegrative shaming, how closely tied is this to the concept of superstition in baseball? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but like baseball at least strikes me as perhaps the most superstitious of the sports that we talk about. That here. is true. Um, however, it's usually... That might need to be its own of... episode. Yes. Superstitions okay. in sport. When I hear players talk about this, it's more a matter of pride and respect okay. than it is superstition. Okay. It's but... a not a, we're going to jinx everything by celebrating this home run. Right. It's a, we shouldn't because... It's a social rule. Right. Okay. Okay. But you could easily be forgiven for thinking about it that way. <laughs> okay. Thank you. So what counts as an excessive celebration in baseball? Um, bat flips, the most infamous verboten celebration, obviously count. Uh, fist pumps, definitely. Not running to first base fast enough, probably. Mm. Uh, it does need to be said that the strictures have loosened considerably over the last 10 years. Um, however, Jose P Batista's famed 2015 bat flip still got him punched in the face the next season. Wow. Oh so the no celebration rule is still out there. There's wait, even wait, more wait, controversy. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Yes. Mm -hmm. what? You don't celebrate to the point that if you do celebrate, you get hit in the face. Next season. Yes. <laughs> Why? There's a story what? out there. I should have written down the names, but of... Um, 
a baseball player who, a pitcher, uh, threw a, a pitch, the batter hit a home run, um, and celebrated too much. Um, now, the pitcher didn't face the batter for another few years because of interleague play. I, I just think they just didn't see each other. Then the batter joined the pitcher's team. Oh, no. <gasps> First batting practice, the pitcher threw a ball that hit the batter. Wow. Four years later. I'm sorry. That is a grudge. Yes. I had no idea that all athletes were children. <laughs> <laughs> I should rephrase that. All male athletes were children. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. really are. Okay. Okay. And there's even more controversy about this because although pitchers are nominally included in this rule when it comes to celebrating strikeouts, they rarely face the same consequences that home run hitters do. Mm. So what I find a bit troublesome about this discussion is that some fans dismiss pl- displaying positive emotion, even in sports where it's allowed, as quote-unquote entertainment. As though that's not the point of the whole friggin' thing. <laughs> Heaven forbid we enjoy this. <laughs> what I suspect and this is just me spitballing here, is that commercialization of pro sports, the sheer amount of money tied up in these massive international industries, is increasingly intruding upon the experience of watching sports, and thus harder to ignore, which is its own separate discussion. Um, but I think fans, particularly a t- certain type of older fan, want to complain about this, but they can't commit heresy by complaining about capitalism. So <laughs> they complain about players celebrating, phrasing it in terms of pandering to demographics. Mm. There aren't them in order to blame the kids these days. Every player wants to feel respected, and every player wants to play their best without feeling like they're going to be punished for being proud of themselves. Once again, all I can do is point out that there should be a happy medium without telling you exactly where that happy medium is located. Just keep in mind that the players on the field are people, not robots. And them's the rules. That's fascinating. It is. Yeah, like, I definitely, I was aware of the no celebration feeling, rule, whatever. Um, but I definitely thought it was about jinxing things. I did not realize it was about, like, mm-hmm. shaming the other guy or yes. whatever. Like, and, like, obviously you don't want players waving their butts at other players. I mean... Well, let's not go too far. Blood, I mean, yeah. like, okay, okay. <laughs> I retract that statement. <laughs> Can we take a vote on <laughs> In a derogatory manner, okay, perhaps. All right. so not non-consensually. Waving on the other yes. hand. Yeah. <laughs> I am blown away by this, by this yeah, concept of no celebrating. Baseball holds a grudge. That's Let me tell fascinating. you. This also, I have to say on a personal note, makes me wonder how many people I have completely unknowingly really pissed off in our <laughs> softball league. <laughs> because, I, so for our listeners who may or may not know this, uh, Rachel and I both play on my company's low-grade intramural <laughs> softball team the e-league the e-league yes <laughs> yes um it is a great but, fun but not time. e-league as in like e-sports it's no it's an no, no, no. Physical it's a real league it's a, a physical b yeah. c and d are better than us yes. and we're in the e-league yes. that's what that's correct yeah i think we are e the most of for excellent <laughs> mm, yes excellent time that we have uh, <laughs> it's a delight we enjoy it i cannot run for shit because I have an old injury. So, like, I, I'm not just being derogatory. Like, I really, I cannot run for shit. She you know, can't. I, it's true. Like, there's no, this is not me being modest. This is, like, an actual fact. Um, which means that I've gotten very, very good at getting walked. Because me trying to get my sorry butt from the home plate to first base is an exercise largely in futility unless I get walked. 
However, when I do get walked, I tend to celebrate. I try not to be too much of a dick about it because I know it sucks <laughs> for, you know, the pitcher. Right. But it makes me wonder, like, are there people on the other teams who have been, like, baseball players who are, like, side-eyeing the hell out of me? Well, I mean, all the middle fingers you're throwing up don't help. But, you know, seriously. I think... No, I thought they were celebratory middle fingers. I mean, I think anyone who watches our team as a whole play can kind of tell that we're not... Oh, that's a very good point. ...steeped in baseball, baseball etiquette culture. and culture, yes. And we're also mostly losing anyway, so I don't yeah. feel like they can get too pissed off. Yeah. I mean, there's so uh, few opportunities to celebrate when we play softball that uh, oh, I hope that the other teams don't hold it against us. <laughs> Although I gotta say, we do a very good job of like celebrating every possible moment that we can. That's true. <laughs> it's one of the things that makes being on the team actually quite fun is that mm-hmm. we yes. really do like just all commit to having a good time yeah. regardless. The old good <laughs> hustle. Like if you try to catch the ball and you don't, but you got there in time. You know what? Good job. Hustle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, all right. Well, at least when I am celebrating things this spring, I will know that I'm being a dick by doing it, <laughs> rather than just doing it and not knowing. As so, long as you know. As long as I do you, know. Do you have myself. any, do we have any sense, I mean, none of us have children, so none of our, none of our non-existent children play in, like, Little League, but, like, at <laughs> what point does that rule kind of kick in? Oh, that's a really good question. It is. I have no idea. Yeah, and I haven't watched a ton of college baseball. Uh-huh. So you don't know if they do it. Yeah, I would imagine that probably by college, though. I would think maybe even before that's then. such yeah, a like high school level or something. Yeah. And it is changing. You know, even that's 10 cool. years ago, it was, uh, you wouldn't see the kind of um, bat flips, which I, I hopefully we have put out the episode in which we talked about bat flips a little bit. Um but a bat flip, I don't uh, know, listeners, you tell us. <laughs> yeah. Is that basically anything other than the player opening their hand and the bat falling to the ground. If the player changes the trajectory of the bat in any manner, even if, you know, the, the oh layperson wouldn't look at it and say, oh, that person flipped the bat, um, it's considered a bat flip. And that is considered rude. How dare. Yes. Oh, my God. How dare. Well, All right, well, baseball people need to chill. Yes. And it's specific to American baseball, too. Oh. Because um, in Latin and South America uh-huh. and even in Asia, really? it's fine. How yeah. interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. The more you know. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yep. Okay, you. well, I could talk about this all day, but we do have other sports to we get do. to. And, in fact, a game to talk about as well. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I'll just quickly, because my sport's in the off season, obviously. But I do have some good news. Um, we've got some uh, official news on players returning to the A's. Um, pitchers, Sean Minaya and Liam Hendricks. Yay! My favorite. Uh, yes. Uh, Minaya is one of their starting pitchers, and Hendricks is, has been an excellent closer this past season. I know very little about the individual A's players, but... Liam Hendricks reads a lot and he likes cats, so I'm super into him. Yeah, on uh, Bring Your Dog to the Park Day, he was showing everyone a picture of his cat. So solid. That endeared him to Nancy. Yes, yes, I am now a Liam Hendricks fan. And he's also Australian, which is fun. Mania was the one who came back from injury or surgery during the playoffs this year? Yes. Okay. Or not the playoffs, but toward the end of the season. He did pitch in the wild card game. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, and also position players, Mark Canna and Robbie Grossman, both outfielders, and our favorite, Marcus Semien. Yay! Now, I found out Marcus Semien is from El Cerrito. I did look it up. Oh, wow, he, nice. And, if I recall correctly from reading Wikipedia like a month ago, he went to the same high school as uh, several of our friends and my coworkers. Awesome. Yeah. So, small world. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Marcus Watch. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, all of these players have only signed one-year contracts, so uh, they'll be renegotiating at the end of this next season. But uh, we've got them for one more year, so I'm excited. Excellent. That's great. He's a delightful player. I like him a lot. Yes. All right. Okay, who wants to go next? Um, the Warriors have continued exactly what they have been doing lately, which is performing a little better and still managing to lose, but not by as much. So that's good. Yeah, you know, baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps. It's uh, it's January now. I would like them to maybe start winning a game or two every so often. Though, uh, to be fair, they did have a little bit of a winning streak in December, so I can't fault them too hard. Uh, but it's still... You know, they are currently at the bottom. Yeah. Do they have a uh, an ETA on when your injured players are coming back? Is it going to yeah, be this season? So, well, that's a very big question, actually. Um... Theoretically, both Clay Thompson and Steph Curry could be back after the All-Star break, which is in February. Um, there's a lot of speculation that given how poorly the team has done this year, that it would be reasonable to keep both of those players out and just rest them the rest of the year. Mm. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do that. I think Steph Curry goes stir-crazy. Yeah, I was going to say, I think both of them I aren't the kind of players them, no. who would want to. I think to. they would hate that. Even if they're not, you know, playing them all the time, they would yeah. want to be playing Yeah, regularly. I mean, I'm sure they're not going to put them in and, like, you know, run them into the ground trying to win, like, five games or whatever. But, <laughs> but yeah. Which I they still... would have to do to catch up oh, to the next gosh. team I can't on, even. up yeah. on the list. So... So I think probably both Steph Curry and Clay Thompson will be back into February, early March. They'll play some minutes. They'll get back into the feel of the game. They'll get which I mean the other thing is that it'll be helpful to see which of the new players that they got this year click with those two guys because of course mm-hmm. those two guys are going to be around forever. So we want to know which of the rookies and which of the recent acquisitions uh, actually play better with Steph and with Clay versus which ones don't, uh, because that'll be useful to know in the offseason. So I think they'll be back end of February, early March, maybe mid-March. We'll see. Um, but that's that's my guess. And that'll be nice. It'll be good to see them again. Um, yeah, you know, it's just it's just a year for the Warriors. Um, it happens. It happens. It happens. It's fine. They're hanging in there. Yeah. Well, so I was. Rebecca. Yeah, I was uh, at the Capitals game last night, and that's about as much as I want to say about that game. <laughs> yeah, I saw something about that. That who were they playing? The Devils, <clears throat> who are third to last in uh, the East, and uh-huh. you know, thirdish, maybe also... fifthish to last uh, in the league. Didn't they also like just lose their coach recently, or am I thinking of the wrong team? You are not thinking of the wrong team. Um, Yeah, the the Devils fired John Hines Mm -hmm. less than a month ago. John Hines Mm -hmm. now coaches the Predators. Right. Um, That's yeah. Yeah. Uh, About two weeks after they let go of John Hines, they traded Taylor Hall, who was arguably their best player, for. Picks in the draft and prospects. 
<clears throat> and then actually as of about, I don't know, an hour, two hours ago, they, uh, they mutually decided to part ways with their GM. Mm. So that's exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, what that really means is, is they said goodbye GM and the GM said, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Ray Shiro is out as the, uh, as the devil's GM. He's, so, um, she's sure to get another job somewhere soon because hockey management is the most incestuous uh, <laughs> yeah. organization yeah. out there. Yeah. So I was listening. So there's a, there's a, another podcast that I, I listen to on occasion called uh, Puck Soup. It's yes. on The Athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy them. They're, they're mm-hmm. pretty funny. Uh, but they were talking about <laughs> like it seems like in the entire world there are like 35 guys mm-hmm. qualified to be head coaches and mm-hmm. of those 35 like 30 of 31 them of them have jobs it. right now yep. right mm-hmm. and then the second one of them gets fired you pick from the remaining four <laughs> so <laughs> sounds like that's true with the, yes. the management positions as well yes it's uh-huh. it's cool. as if it's as if the old white men in the NHL don't realize that there are people other than the old white men in the NHL in the world. What? <laughs> you know, it's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I would never have guessed. Yeah. Um, so if this is uh, too much of a tangent, you can I love tangents. kick the ball down the field for later, as we say in the biz. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what is the role of a general manager as opposed to coach in hockey? Oh, that's a really good question. So your coach... I mean, your coaching staff, they're the ones who are actually telling the players when to get on the ice, what to do, the drills, you know, all of this kind of stuff. They manage mm-hmm. your special teams, which is your power play and your penalty kill. There, there are defensive coaches. There's your head coach. There's goalie coaches. There's video coaches who all have different jobs. The general manager is more of a step back from that. And they manage, like, acquisitions of players, trades. Um, they... And presumably their staff are managing the salary cap. They're making decisions about um, more generic team stuff than the actual day-to-day what happens on the ice. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, the I think the, mo- the biggest thing that they do visibly, at least, is um, the trades and the draft. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, so so the Capitals had a game last night, but we can move on to the uh, <laughs> Stars uh, Sharks game. Yeah, yeah, that was a great game. I uh, I enjoyed that game. It, I you know, <laughs> spoiler alert: the Sharks won. Uh, it was I. It was fine. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I would have liked it more if the Stars won, but I also. Right. It, you know, maybe my perspective was skewed because I had just watched the Capitals absolutely get... At, they didn't even get annihilated. They just barely showed up to the game. So <laughs> anything above not showing up was going to be good for me. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. No, I think that's that's a good point, though, because one of the things that I was thinking as I watched it was that both teams actually seemed to be playing fairly well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, which always makes for a more enjoyable game. Now, yeah. admittedly, um, the Sharks were only behind for, like, part... Mm, I don't remember when they scored, but they tied it up in the first period, mm-hmm. and then they got ahead in the second, I think, mm-hmm. um, and stayed ahead until the end of the game. Mm-hmm. So that's always... I mean, I know some people really enjoy the, like, tension of, like, a close game. I don't. 
<laughs> I enjoy it when my team is winning. But but it was entertaining to watch because it did feel like the teams were pretty well matched. Both yes. teams turned up. Both teams were executing plays. Both teams were trying. But it wasn't getting into the sort of like really antagonistic hockey that sometimes happens. Agreed. Like yes. Both teams were just out yeah, there Yeah, I didn't well really get the sense that any of it was personal. No, no. And like, you know, they were... They were doing their jobs, like there were right. the guys crashing into the boards and stuff. But but there wasn't any like it didn't feel like there was any animosity. It was just yeah, yeah. Which I is thought good. It was a pretty because, it was a pretty solid game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's good because um, a player on the Stars was returning to San Jose yes. for the first time. So do you want to? We may have alluded to this a little bit last week, yes. but. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Joe Pavelski? Sure. So Joe Pavelski um, was a shark. He's been a shark uh, his entire career until this last season, uh, which I think he was in, I want to say he was in San Jose for 14 years. Um, I was going to say 13. So yeah. It's right in there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this is his 14th year of playing, something like that. Um, And he was a great shark. Uh, He was a favorite, a fan favorite, a fan favorite. He was the Mm -hmm. captain. Um, he, yeah, I mean, he was a really beloved player and he really loved the Sharks and he always expected to play for the Sharks and he never planned to go anywhere else. And then this summer they did not resign him and he went to the Stars. And that was, I think, a tremendous error on their part. I think they, it was one of those where it's like, it makes sense on paper, but I think it was a bad decision in terms of like humans. Um, the morale of the team. The morale of the team um, in particular, but also just the, I think his his personality and leadership being gone has really left a void. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's obvious when you see them play together. Like Logan Couture, who is the current captain, who I actually like a lot and think is a really good guy. Um, I don't think he has the same respect and charisma that Joe Pavelski did. And I mean, maybe he'll grow into it. But he's he's not there yet, and the, the team is currently sort of like otherwise a couple old guys, uh, a couple guys who are kind of loose cannons, and a bunch of rookies, and like you know what do you the, you need something to hang all of that on, and without Joe Pavelski, I think they haven't really had somebody to sort mm-hmm. of hold, hold the center for that. So Joe Pavelski. Uh, came back he was playing for the stars it was first time back in san jose and they did this whole long like beginning of the game tribute to him and showed like all this you know all this footage from when he was in san jose and then like it was the most awkward thing like why are you doing this so like you can they do that a lot that's that's very common for a returning player who's been with a franchise and then goes back with an opposing team to get um, I, I, I mean, get the, I, I get the sense that his was a little bit more elaborate, but that would make sense. He was their captain. Yeah, he was there for sure. 27 years, whatever. Right. Um, exactly. 50 at least. <laughs> yeah. I, I get it. I get it. And I think it's a nice tradition, but also like as a human being, I cannot imagine if I had spent 14 years of my life, my entire professional life in one place had been surprised by a forced move somewhere else 
and then came back and was forced to watch highlights of this life that I had not chosen to leave with literally tens of thousands of people staring at my face while I'm forced to watch this video footage. Like, I mean, the dude looked gutted. Like, he's watching this on the Jumbotron, and he looked heartbroken. And I was like, what are you doing? This is terrible. Stop. in In this particular instance, I mean, I think it's trying to be like, you know, it wasn't the fans that made this decision. It was management. No hard yeah, feelings. But sure. I mean, some hard feelings, right? Yeah. 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 So, but the difference is the hard feelings are towards management and the GM right. who made the decision. It's not towards the fans who are the people who have supported you for 13 years. Yeah. I don't know. It just felt like a super awkward thing. Like, I can see how it would be a nice tribute in a lot of cases. But in this case, I was just like... You know, it felt sort of like a mm, too soon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't. I mean, maybe that's just me, like not being as plugged into hockey culture. But I was definitely sitting there watching that, like wincing, Ooh, yes. secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, I did see some people on Twitter talking about whether or not he was going to cry. And he, I mean, like, he looked he, like it. He looked sad. I felt bad for him. <laughs> Uh, but at least he got that because Corey Perry is another player who the stars acquired in the off season, mm-hmm. who was an older player who had played for the ducks. I think it was the ducks for 50 years. And mm-hmm. uh, the stars played the ducks earlier this week. And Corey Perry was suspended because of mm-hmm. a hit. He made during the winter classic game so nice. at least joe pavelski got to play in his first game back in his <laughs> former hometown yeah i guess that's true yeah that'd be <laughs> awkward they have the tribute package but the guy's not there because he's yep. been <laughs> that is kind of awkward that's true mm-hmm. and well uh who scored the first goal in the game mm, not the sharks <laughs> <laughs> so okay, was it pavelski I don't think so. No, was it not? No, no. No, it was okay. Jamie Benn. It was the it was okay. the stars captain Jamie Benn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Very early. Was it in the first minute? Minute thirty two into the game. Yeah, okay, so in the second minute. Yep. This is a problem the Sharks have. They had this problem all last year. I think they're having it again this year, which is that they're it's not just their goalies, though, as anybody who follows hockey at all knows that the Sharks struggle with their goalies. Um, they had Aaron Dell last night instead of Martin Jones. Aaron Dell was playing. Um, he played a damn I, good game. He played yeah. a fucking amazing game, which is yeah. unlike him, frankly. <laughs> uh, bless his heart. He's the second string goalie for a reason. Right. Um, but he. Uh, but Martin Jones hasn't running. really been a lights out goalie either. No, no, neither of them have. This is the problem. Wasn't Jones really good last year, last season? He was really good in the playoffs. Oh, okay. He was terrible up until then. So when I was paying attention. Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, his, if you look at his stat line, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Rebecca, but like 0.9 is considered like around where you want to be or better. Yeah, that's your safe percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because 0.9 So like 90%. 90%, exactly. Yeah, 90%. So in the regular season, both Arendelle and Martin Jones are in the like eight seven eight eight range, which mm-hmm. is bad um, for an NHL goalie. And then during the playoffs, Martin Jones's percentage was like ninety six or something. Like it went drastically up for like who knows why. Well, that's when you want to do it. I, I guess. mean, yeah. <laughs> so, but but this is a problem that the Sharks have historically is they let in very early goals and then it's very hard to come back from that. 
Um, and it's not just them, it's the defenders too. Like the sharks have this thing where they just don't, it's like they, it takes them five minutes on the ice to wake up. And at that point, you know, by if that takes you five minutes, then the other team can have scored on you mm-hmm. at least once, sometimes two or three times. <laughs> um, so I definitely saw that happen. I was like literally microwaving my food. I haven't even sat down to watch it yet. And I was like, yeah. looked at the screen and I was like, well, shit. Okay, Son I guess it's going to be one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, but, but they got it together. Um, which honestly I thought was really good. Like sometimes I think when they've gotten scored on that early, they just sort of throw up their hands and yeah. go, oh, well, it's all over now. Um, but they didn't. They, they played really well last night in spite of having been scored on that early. They did. So. Yeah. And, and again, it was a pretty even matched, uh, evenly matched game. It, it, you know, it went, it went in waves, but they were basically equal on shots on goal, face-offs, mm-hmm. penalty minutes, um, they were very mismatched on hits. The Stars threw 23 hits and the Sharks threw 14. Yeah. So that's like checks. That's like yeah. okay. f- uh, physically hitting someone. Yeah. Not like yeah. slapping them in the face. Like, <laughs> oh, you. Hits. Yeah. Um, so it was a, it was a pretty, pretty well-matched game. Um, <clears throat> the Stars, uh, the, the Sharks have been playing relatively well since their coaching change and um, and the stars were on the end of a road trip where they played three games in four days. Oof. Yeah. So I, I think Nancy, at one point you mentioned they looked like everybody looked like they were getting tired. Yeah. And that's at least, especially. Yeah, that's yeah. at least why the, the stars were getting tired. But at yeah. the same time, I'm kind of like, guys, this, this is what you do. <laughs> right. 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 Conditioning is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I was really quite happy with what I saw from the Sharks last mm-hmm. week, honestly. Like, they they were running plays, which I don't always see. For, like, uh, for caveat that I'm not, I don't watch nearly as much hockey as I do basketball, so I'm not as good as identifying when they're running plays. But there were a few times where I could definitely see, like, this is a thing that they have practiced, mm-hmm. and it worked. Um, and in fact, I think their second goal was like a textbook play from a face-off. It was like, they got it to a guy, he passed it, he passed it to the other guy who popped it right in. And I was, it was just like one, two, three, boom. And it was great. It was really nice to see that. Um, that's what yeah. execution, because I definitely feel like at times they've gotten quite sloppy, mm-hmm. especially later in the game. Mm-hmm. But but this game they did, they were executing well. They seemed like they had a lot of energy. They were doing really well at taking shots at the, on the stars, mm-hmm. keeping, keeping the offensive pressure, mm-hmm. um, which they also have not always done. Some games they really just sort of like in, end up really relying on defense, which is a questionable strategy. <laughs> oh, frankly, that's what the stars are really good at is focusing on defense. Yeah. yeah I mean, but so... So that worked out really well, yeah. too. You know, I was happy to see them doing that. Another thing we should mention about the Sharks is that Patrick Marlowe played yes. his 1700th game oh, and is therefore the only person in NHL history to score a goal in their 1700th game because right. he got the game-winning goal last night. Right, because yeah. he's the fifth guy to play game 1700 right. uh, ever. Wow. Right. I know, right? Uh, but yeah, he's the only one of those five to have scored yeah. in that game. I mean, which... he started playing in I want to say '97, 
So that sounds right. Wow. He's yeah. played in the NHL longer than some of his teammates have been alive. Yes. <laughs> Which is wild. Yes. Yeah. Him yeah. and Joe Thornton both because yeah. Joe Thornton's only a year younger than him. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think that must be, I mean, you see this a little bit in basketball too, though. I think a little bit more in hockey. I think you can, I think your players get slightly older in hockey than they do in basketball. But there are definitely, um, definitely a few basketball players out there who who are older than their youngest, te- who have been playing longer right. than their youngest teammates have been alive. And I just think that must be such an interesting position, both for the the very young players and the, the mm-hmm. old guys, to mm-hmm. be like, you know, not only could I like literally be your parent, and sometimes they do have children the same age as their mm-hmm. teammates, mm-hmm. but also just like... <clears throat> What is that like to be in such a different place in your life, but still be on the same team and having to like play the same game? And yeah. To, like, yeah. I don't know. I can't imagine. Well, and then like every once in a while, you'll at the draft, you know, they'll be talking to these absolute babies who are about to get drafted <laughs> into the NHL. Yeah. And they're like, I grew up watching Ovi. And I'm like, oh my God, you're still <laughs> yeah. growing up, first of all. But yeah. like, for them to say, I grew up with a, you know, watching a player who's like, I don't know, seven years older than them is so disconcerting. And I can only imagine that it's even weirder for the players themselves. So this is funny because, so one of my, my guilty TV pleasures is, so you think you can dance because I really enjoy watching dance on TV and Mm -hmm. movies and so forth. And they're in season 16 now. And so half of the people who are auditioning are saying this, like, I started watching this show when I was three years old. It's been a lifelong dream. <laughs> up. And they're they're being literal. It's a lifelong oh, dream for no. them. And the poor hosts. Are, you can see the hosts just like dying a little bit inside <laughs> every time somebody, you know, some fresh-faced, bright-eyed, you know, 17-year-old is like, oh, I've been watching God. you since I was in diapers. And they're like, oh. I will kill you now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, so I don't know. It's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, baseball players have played 1,700 games by their, like, third or fourth season. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true. What's the long, the highest number of games a baseball player has played? Let me consult the internet. <laughs> so what else did you see, Rebecca? Tell us. Tell us what you saw from the stars that you liked or you didn't like or what you thought about. Yeah, I honestly, I liked, I I don't know that I have anything specific to point out, although that's not true because the second I say that, I think, oh, no, there's something specific. Um, (laughs) Miro Haskinen, he he got the secondary assist on the first goal. Um, He was doing really well. Yeah. Yeah, he's a yeah. he's a defenseman. He's young. This is his first year in the league. And oh wow! He had a hell of a game last night. Like yeah, he, he was, was great. all over the place. He's so fast. He's one of those what we would call offensive defensemen. So he's mm-hmm. good at playing defense, but he's also good at like getting in there and making plays and scoring and and mm-hmm. assisting on scoring plays. Um, mm-hmm. He had a hell of a game last night. Um, a number of um shots but but mostly it was um just like getting in the shark's way and stopping things from happening he had some mm-hmm. great takeaways um let's see i guess that would have been in the third cuz i watched that this morning <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i thought i could stay up for that game <laughs> yeah, that was a late start yeah yeah um, even for central time which is what dallas is in right yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was overall a good team effort. I think they're some of their big players, like, I mean, Jamie scored last night, which is great, but, mm-hmm. um, Tyler Sagan and, uh, Alexander Radulov, they need to kind of step up a little bit more and make some stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Um, both Jamie and Tyler only have 11 goals this season, which mm-hmm. is extremely low for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say Tyler had close to a 40 goal season last year. I mean, Jamie has 11, well, well both of them have 11 goals. Brent Burns, a defenseman has nine, right? Yeah. Um, which we're is closing in on, him, I think actually. It, it might we're closing be. in on the halfway point of the season, right? Yeah. We've passed the half point. Yeah. Oh, we passed it. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. Um, but I think they've played about 45 games now and they're 82 games in the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so both of their like star players who generally are the ones who are doing all of the scoring aren't doing all of the scoring. So it's rather good that they've got some pretty strong defensemen in Haskinen and Esselindel. Um, actually an interesting thing, uh, to point out or to share, um, the stars have had a couple of players who have been injured for a significant amount of time. And mm. by significant, I mean um, Martin Hansel may have played one game last season, but he's been wow. out all of this season. Um, Steven Johns hasn't played for 22 months, two, almost two full years. Um, wow. Mark Mathot, well, he's, he's no longer a star, but he basically missed all of last season. I can't go into why they're keeping... Um, Martin Hansel on the roster, for example, he's never going to play again. He's got severe back injuries. Mm. Um, and like I said, he, he didn't, he hasn't played in at least a season, but anyway, Steven Johns is a defenseman. He hasn't played in 640 days or something like this. He played for the first time yesterday with the Texas stars, which is the Dallas stars, um, you know, minor league essentially. Um, and he had a goal and three assists. He had some kind of like outstanding night. Um, he's with them for, it's either 14 days or 14 games. I can never remember what the, what the um, time frame is. Um, but by all accounts, it sounds like he had an amazing game and like outshone everyone on the ice. And so mm. this is like, this is the first step to getting him back on the active roster which is going to be interesting because, again, he hasn't played in the NHL in almost two years. Since some of the players had been born. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's it for Stars News, I think. Okay. Well, I have the answer uh, on uh, most baseball games played. So uh, 1,700 is, like, kind of the mark for – uh, NHL players for like there's only been a few that there's only cross yeah. that five. Well, yeah. uh, in uh, Major League Baseball, that's three thousand career games that only a few have surpassed. Oh, oh that makes sense. Um, they play because you guys play twice as many games in a season. One hundred sixty-two games a season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's nuts. So the uh, the uh, who has the most? And I think I knew this somewhere in the back of my head is Pete Rose with three thousand five hundred and sixty-two games. That's a wow. lot. Wow. Yep. At that point, do you suppose they even remember any individual games at all? <laughs> or is it just like all one? I'm sure that a few board. stand out. 
I would imagine in baseball, they stand out. I've got to imagine in a contact sport like hockey or football, things start blurring together just because of the brain damage. (laughs) (laughs) Seems likely. Yeah, there are only um, 20 players in NHL history who have hit 1,500 or more games. Mm -hmm. And yes, you're exactly right. Marlowe is the the fifth to hit hit, hit 1,700. He's got to play for another season-ish if he wants to beat that record. I mean, he, you know, he'll finish out this season. Mm-hmm. I don't, the way he's playing and, and given how they keep Joe Thornton around, I would not frankly be shocked if they bring both Marlowe and Thornton back again next year. I agree. Is Marlowe I mean, only on a one year? Yeah, they're both only on one year. Um, but, you know, they've got the Sharks currently, I mean, part of the reason I think they ended up firing their coach is that they just have no other options. They have no wiggle room. They've got too many big money, long-term, no-trade clause contracts. So they just can't sign anybody new. They can't really trade anybody. They're just kind of stuck with who they've got for mm-hmm. a while. Um, so if they can keep Marlowe and Thornton you know, around for cheap one year at a time, which so far Thornton's been letting them do. Mm-hmm. And Marlowe, you know, seems to be making his peace with anyway. Um, then there's, as far as I can tell, there's not really a downside to that <laughs> for the Sharks. And it gives them, you know, some stability in the roster to some leadership and some experience, which is always helpful. Well, so. and actually it looks like, so I don't know if you've ever used the website Cap Friendly for mm-hmm. hockey. Um, no, I haven't. It is like the definitive tool for um, hockey contracts and mm-hmm. um, uh, salary cap stuff. Um, <clears throat> the Sharks have three players who are going to be restricted free agents at the end of the season and nine who are going to be unrestricted free agents. So... Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of your UFAs, uh, well, two of them are Marlowe and Thornton, um, right. but they're all they're all relatively cheap, um, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Except if they have good seasons, and then they could get more expensive in the off season, which is going to make it even more challenging. Right, tougher. Yeah. yeah. Who are they? Um, Melker Carlson, Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, Stephen Stefan Noson, Brendan Dillon, Tim Heed, Radim Simic. Arendelle are all UFAs. Um, mm-hmm. Dalton Proust is also a UFA, but right now he's on injured reserve. Right. And then your restricted free agents are Kevin LeBanc, Joel Kelman, and Anti Suomelo. Mm. So Kevin LeBanc is one of my favorites, and I think that they're pretty committed to keeping him. Melker Carlson I like a lot, um, and he was playing really well last night. He He might be one of those. He who... did play well last night plays himself into something bigger and better somewhere else. That might be real. Tim Heed, as I understand it, is not great. I have literally uh, never heard his name before. So I have heard his name, but I don't think I've ever seen him play. So <laughs> Redim um was one he was he was out most of last season with a terrible injury. Maybe not most of last season, most of the end of last season. Um, but he had been clicking really well I want to say with Brent, 
Burns. Mm-hmm. Um, so they might want to keep him around. Brendan Dillon is one that I like, but people always want to shit on him in like commentary, and I don't fully understand why. I mean, I'm mad at him for the hit he laid on Jason Dickinson last night. Yeah. But I don't know that it was a dirty hit. I just, Jason Dickinson is precious, and so Brendan oh. Dillon should lay <laughs> <Right>. off. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure I can fully agree with that. That's um, fair. But you won but, the game. No, Give me this one. Okay, <laughs> uh, you can have that one. Thank you. You should not have hit him quite so hard. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I thought I thought Dylan has been pretty good when I've you know seen him play when I've been paying attention, and I don't. He seems to be one of those that people really either are like. Yes, he's wonderful, and we should absolutely keep him. Or no, he's dragging everybody down. We have Brent Burns. What do we need Brendan Dillon for? So I don't. I, I feel like there's more going on there than I have taken the time to to dig into and figure out what's up. I hope they. I hope he sticks around, but I don't know. I mean, at the we'll same see. time, like every team is going to have a couple of <laughs> players who were just like, yeah, Meh, because that's yeah. just the nature of the game. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Still, Mello is fine. Um, I'm not sure I recognize a ton of the other names. Seven, 27, and yeah. 7 is 34, and 8 is 42, 48. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. You have more than half the cap tied up in mm-hmm. six players. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which is part of why halves yeah. is no longer on the Sharks. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. So... I was thinking that uh, at some point we ought to do a devoted episode to uh, you know terminology and how that works. Yes, and uh, the cap would be yeah, and various mm-hmm. sports. Um, and I say this mostly because I don't know a whole lot about it. Mm-hmm. Difference. I don't even know the difference between restricted and unrestricted free agent. So okay, so we'll get back to you on that. Yeah, yeah, restricted and unrestricted free agent, and also we can use the Warriors as a. Case in point <laughs> to talk about cap space and getting into the luxury tax and things like that. You, we can use the howdy. caps for that too. Oh, can we? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so we will uh, we will revisit that not right now. But one thing that I do want to revisit right now is Rebecca. You were talking last night about wanting to bring up uh, people, players being in the plus. Or the yeah, minus. the plus minus. So the yes. the plus minus stat is flawed like many statistics are um yes but the basics behind it are that um it's uh it's a measure of the number of goals you are on the ice for your team or against your team Mm -hmm. so um so right now let's see the best goal differential in the league is tampa bay who are a plus 34, which means that as a team, they have scored across all of their games this season 34 more points than their opponents have scored against them. Mm. On the flip side, you have the Detroit Red Wings, who are Mm. a minus 71, which means (laughs) they have been scored against 71 more times than they have scored. Ouch. So this is a team statistic, but it's also an individual statistic. <clears throat> so each player has a plus minus. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a, We could probably devote a lot of time to that. I don't think it's worth it because, again, I think it's a flawed statistic. Um, but Yeah, it doesn't seem to that it would tell you much. Uh, well, 
I know in basketball, one of the things that it can tell you that it is actually useful for, and I don't know if this is true in hockey or not, but it can tell you if a player is having an impact that's not reflected in their actual scoring. Mm. So like um, Kevon Looney, for example, on the Warriors, always has a really good plus minus in spite of the fact that he scores very little. But he's a good defender and he's good at being aware of what's going on around him. So when he's on the floor, he elevates the play that's happening. But if you just look at his own stats, it doesn't necessarily look like he's very good. Uh-huh. Right. So in that regard, it can be useful. Um, but it's sort of like almost like a diagnostic, at least in basketball. It's like, okay, well, he's, he's not, it doesn't look like he's doing that much. Oh, but if we look at his plus minus, when he's on the floor, good things are happening. Right. Yeah, it is, it is uh, I think, mostly used for um, defensive players in hockey as well. Um, but anyway, the the reason that I wanted to bring it up was because we heard something, at least I heard it on my broadcast. I was listening to the Dallas broadcast. I assume you were listening to the uh, local sharks broadcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, something like no Sharks player has a positive goal differential this season. <laughs> That sounds bad. Is that is that what I heard? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't try to deny it too hard. <laughs> so it just seems mathematically improbable. Uh yes. Yeah, so they have won games. They have yeah, won they games. Have, but it's about it's a differential. So like this is the the thing that always hurts my brain a little bit with the plus minus. You can you can be because it's about the number of points, not about the number of wins. Right. Like, well, I mean, you look at you look at the overall, um, like I said, the Red Wings are a minus 71. They have right. at least, they have actually won, losses. right, they've won yeah. 11 whole games. Mm-hmm. Um, but it means that the games that they're losing, they're getting scored on a lot. Right. Yeah, but like, I don't know, I guess I was thinking like the probability that a player would be on the ice, you know, for only mm-hmm. getting scored against. Mm-hmm. Well, they're just well, getting not only they're getting scored more against. Yeah, the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's not it's not necessarily indicative of. I mean, the Sharks have a negative twenty seven differential as a team, mm-hmm. but they've won twenty one games. Right. So, so what it's, it just it's means when they're that... losing, they're getting outscored a lot, and when they're right, winning, exactly. they're. They're squeaking not, they're by. They're barely winning. Yeah. 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 Um, but that, as a team statistic, uh, is not good. And it's not good as an individual level statistic for the team either. So, mm-hmm. right. Um, that was just th- something that I heard on the broadcast that I, I don't think we've talked about plus minus before. So, no, I we haven't. And I was looking at the current standings uh, for the Pacific Division. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the. They're currently in first place uh, are the Calgary Flames, who mm-hmm. have 55 points. And a there's minus a, eight goal differential. There is a three-way tie for second between the Canucks, the Coyotes, and the Golden Knights with mm-hmm. 54. Mm-hmm. The Oilers are right behind at 53. And then the Sharks have 46. So it's like a big drop-off <laughs> between... The top five teams and the bottom three, who are also coincidentally all three California teams. Yeah. Three, no California. <laughs> oh, yeah. yep. There they are. <laughs> nicely done. Yeah, right now, 
There are... So if the playoffs were to start tomorrow... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, actually, it, it just changed. Um, Edmonton is the is the only wild card in the Pacific. As of before, I guess they played yesterday. Uh, mm. None of the Pacific were in a wild card position. Explain what you mean by that. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, so the standings in hockey are done by points. Um, right. You get two points for a win. One point for taking it to overtime and losing, and zero points for losing. Right. <clears throat> the um, the playoffs are seeded based on the top three players from each division, and then mm-hmm. the next top two in the conference. So right now, the um, the top three teams in the Pacific, like you said, are Calgary, Vancouver, Arizona. Um, and then the wild card right now are Vegas and Edmonton. And that happens to be one from either conference just based on points alone. Oh, right. That's the thing I always get thrown about with the wild card. Yeah. And so what it actually means is now it's not happening right now, but right. it means it that were. a team. Oh, actually, it's happening in the in the east. So Toronto is the third in the Atlantic with 54 points. Carolina is the first wild card. They have 56 points. So they make it to the playoffs as of if they were to start right now as a wild card, even though they have more points than one of the teams who's like officially seated by points. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. All well, right. it happens in baseball too. It's still so weird. Yeah. Basketball does not do any of this nonsense. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure you've got thing. your own nonsense. Uh, the playoffs are pretty straightforward, actually. But it's nice because the you know if you have two really good teams in the same division, mm-hmm. you know ordinarily the second one, even if they were ahead of everybody else, mm-hmm. wouldn't have a, an opportunity to get to the postseason. The wild card spot allows them to. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I mean, the, I suppose the, the one weirdness with basketball is because basketball only divides into two conferences. It does not have divisions. It's only Eastern Conference, Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the playoffs, you just take the top eight teams from each side. Mm-hmm. So the top top eight teams in the West, top eight teams in mm-hmm. the East, and then they all play each other. And then the um, best Eastern team and best Western team mm-hmm. face off. Um but the weird part is, of course, and, and this has historically, historically in the past few years, been that the Western Conference has been much, much better than the Eastern Conference. And so you end up with, you know, the top eight teams in the East are like maybe ranked two, five and like 13 through 17 mm-hmm. <laughs> overall. Um, <laughs> Whereas some of the, you know, like the ninth and 10th Western teams right. are better than some of the Eastern teams that make it. But yeah, there's no, there's no wild card anything. You just try and make it to the top eight in your conference and call it a day. Yeah. But it is nice because they're, you know, pulling a larger pool of, you know, they're doing top 16 yeah. teams instead of top Which eight. I like better, honestly. Like the fact that the playoffs in, in both baseball and hockey are so small is kind of weird to me. Yeah, but the hockey playoffs take forever. They take like two months of the season because there's so many games. <laughs> well, yeah, but so does basketball. I mean, oh. it's the same. 
Hey, that's but I don't know. Maybe they're more efficient about it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they schedule them. They might schedule them closer together. Oh, I remember last year when I was watching the Sharks and the Warriors at the same time. I, I think they were just alternating days, basically. We'll have to pay attention to it this season. Yeah, because maybe they break for longer in between competitions, like in between mm-hmm. sets. Mm-hmm. Because the the basketball is, you know, the best of seven. Like, it can go up to seven games. Mm -hmm. Um, So is hockey. Every round? Every round. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, because you've got, you know, one and eight U's. Math is hard, especially on Sunday (laughs) evening. Um, But, you know, you have four teams playing each other, and then you you have eight teams play each other, and then four teams play each other, and then two teams play each other, and then... The Western Conference and Easter Con. So eight, four, two, one. So it's like four rounds. It's four rounds. I yeah. knew that. Why did I have to do math to get to that? <laughs> Somehow I did. Four rounds of up to seven games each, and it takes, you know, roughly six weeks to two months, depending. Yeah. All right. Well, there are only a couple other questions I had about the game. Um, first, we may have talked about this before, but what is scoring through the wickets? Is this croquet? <laughs> No, I don't. I don't know what scoring through the wickets is. That's that's not a thing. Okay. There are no wickets in hockey. <laughs> I believe that a a an announcer said that. Just like an announcer said that somebody got hit in the in the frenulum with a puck. And <laughs> my brain went to places. What's your that other question, painful. Rachel? <laughs> oh, this is not a question so much as a favorite quote. But uh, Vlasic's been unable to get off. Yeah, oh, yeah. Was, yeah, I definitely, you know, I really want them to put the shot yeah. in there or whatever it was because Vlasic's mm-hmm. a defender, I think. So I don't know what he was. Maybe we were with, just getting but... real personal. <laughs> if that's the case, I feel I'm sorry for you. Yes. Pickles, I, I hope you, uh... <laughs> is his nickname really Pickles? I yes, hope his nickname is. is really Pickles. It that is the be. truth. Yeah, it is. It makes me happy. That would Speaking be a missed opportunity. Both Rachel and I were struggling with the stars because, oh. at least where I grew up, yes. calling somebody Polak is not, <laughs> right. a, not a socially acceptable thing to do unless you're about 80, and even then it's still kind of side-eyed. Right. Yeah. But, but it, there but is definitely is, a stars player. Yeah, it is okay to call Roman Polak Polak, because <laughs> it is his name, and he's Just Czech. He, does he not have a, a nickname that they could use instead? Well, the announcers almost never use the nicknames. Really? Yeah, I guess that's the true. The Sharks announcers do. Oh, yeah? I mean, not, like, hugely, but they definitely do. Do they? Yeah, to a certain extent. Huh. Maybe it's the commentators more. Maybe it's, like, the guys in the intermission. I mean, well, yeah, and, the something. like, the color... You usually have one play-by-play announcer and, a, and one color commentary person. Yeah. The color commentator might, but yeah. for the most part... In my experience, they say the whole name. Interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I'm well, sure. I'm sure Roman Polak does have a nickname, but I don't know what it is. And he's not actually from Poland. No. It sounds like. So. Although I have to wonder if in Czech the last name Polak means dude from Poland. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it would stand to <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I I have to admit I'm not that up on uh, my Czech history or my Roman Polak history, so I can't. Well, they are right next to each one. other, so like <laughs> one assumes a certain amount of immigration over the centuries. Um, well, we can do some etymological <laughs> research and get back to you on yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, yeah, surprising 
to hear sure. on national TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was about all I had. Did you anybody have any closing remarks on the game or anything else, really? Go Sharks. <laughs> Go Stars and Caps. <laughs> oh, that was a thing, Rebecca. I was going to tell you, um, my, my dear friend Danny, who got me into hockey originally, who, or who you know forcibly told me I needed to get into hockey, mm-hmm. um, was advising me that I should pick up a backup team uh, and then was advising me further that it should be from the uh, from the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. and I should pick. It was very funny. It was like sort of like how your you know your grandmother tells you to meet some nice boy. Yeah. <laughs> like cover your bases. Pick yeah. some nice Eastern Conference team. <laughs> Did they have a recommendation for which team? Because uh, I've got one for you. <laughs> I think I think she said the Leafs. Honestly, let me oh. check. Um, probably not the Red Wings. No, I had said I could maybe get into the hurric- into the Hurricanes. That's allowable. The Hurricane? Hurricanes? Are they singular or plural? Plural. It says it plural. Plural. Okay. The Canes. Um, mine would have to be either the Lightning or the Panthers. That's fair. That's Those fair. Because uh, I had said I could potentially... I could, I could get into the Avs so long as they're not playing the Sharks. Um, yeah, she says, do you have a backup hockey team? The Avs are uh, a good backup. I mean, they're a good first choice. Aren't also, they Western? Yes, they are. Yeah. Uh, so I, I am slandering Danny. It was her, her partner, Chris, who was recommending an East Coast team. Um, she said, don't cheer for the Kings. Fuck the Kings. I said, yes, I live in the Bay Area. Yeah. I, I stand yeah. on principle. Fuck all LA teams, just generally. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Leafs, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner are fun as hell to watch. Also, they're second in the Atlantic. Rebecca is pulling an epic face here. <laughs> Sorry, Danny, you two are going to have to show us. Well, work because the Lightning have won all of their last 10 games. Okay. Yeah, the Lightning were right. on a tear. I mean, it looks like the Leafs are third. So yes, yeah, they're not far behind. And then she recommended the Golden Knights, and I said no. No, and no. <laughs> also, no. Yeah, I can recommend some Eastern teams for you. <laughs> I figured you probably could. I don't know. I might, I might, I, I enjoyed watching the apps when we saw the apps. I could, yeah. I could. They're a good one to follow. I, yeah. They're a good group of people, yeah. And they're relatively, like, it's not necessarily a new team, but they've got a relatively new group. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. Yeah. felt like I knew that. So I don't know. I'll give it some thought. Okay. I thought you would appreciate the I do. I do. Well. Generally. I, yes. I appreciate the general recommendation, not the specific <laughs> recommendation. Not the Maple Leafs. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's my final thought. I have no final thoughts. <laughs> Used them all. I did. Fresh out. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I don't know that we have any uh, more planned watches coming up yet, but we'll let you know if we do. Mm-hmm. Um, Rebecca, can you tell us where they can find out where we uh, announce things on social media? Where we are on the internet? Yes. Yeah, we are at... Uh, foul puck podcast on instagram uh no foul puck pod on instagram foul puck podcast on <laughs> twitter <this> down. <laughs> but every time i think i'm gonna remember it um <laughs> i think we're we're most we're more active on twitter than anywhere else uh, yeah, i can tell you our website is foulpuckpodcast.net that one i'm Hooray! sure about. <laughs> excellent very good yes yeah yay um okay so uh follow us on all the uh 
social medias, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. I have been Rachel. I continue to be Nancy. And I'm Rebecca. Bye-bye.